Hey, Ryan, how do I get project-based learning started at my school? I've gotten some form of this question nearly every day for the last decade from engaged educators just like you. So at Magnify Learning, we've created a free download to get you started. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, go to whatispbl.com to get started on your project-based learning journey today. Magnify Learning brings project-based learning workshops to schools across the country because we believe every child deserves to be a part of an inspiring story. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, the PBL Playbook Podcast will equip you with the stories, resources, and trainings you need to bring project-based learning to your school. If you want me to answer your PBL question on the podcast, visit whatispbl.com and click on Ask Ryan to submit your question. Welcome to the PBL Playbook Podcast. My name is Ryan Stoyer, founder and CEO of Magnify Learning. Welcome to episode 60, leadership episode on delegation. We're going to give you a framework on how to form your delegation so you're communicating very clearly. We also have a need to know from a principal on where do I get started with project-based learning. But before we dive into those topics, I want to get you thinking ahead. This summer may seem far away but it never really is, is it? It's always out there. Wherever you're listening to this, if you're listening in January or if you're even listening in September or October, it's still closer than you think. And you've got to start thinking about equipping your staff. What is your next piece of professional development? Because the summer is the best time to get your staff trained. You can try to find some days during the year, but the days of getting subs to go train your folks for three days in a row seem to be over Unless you're being really, really creative, and if you are, would you reach out and let me know so we can share that method with other principals out there? Because we're all trying to find ways to level up our teachers. What I want to talk to you about is if you're looking to increase student and teacher engagement, a PBL jumpstart might be the best way to start building momentum around project-based learning. At Magnify Learning, we bring in two PBL certified trainers to run your staff through the PBL process while they actually live the PBL process. So they actually start with an entry event, go into need-to-knows. We run customized workshops and protocols just like we want them to do in the classroom. So they're experiencing all of that. And we actually end with an expo. So the teachers are actually showcasing their work from those three days to outside community partners, to you as the administrator, to their fellow participants. So they get to live the process. And when they're done, With those three days, they leave with the PBL unit in their grade level and their content area that they can go implement in their classroom right away. And it's been vetted right, by our trained facilitators who are classroom teachers. So it's boots on the ground folks talking to boots on the ground folks. Your teachers are going to love that. You can go check this out at the Magnify Learning website. We have all the outlines of our trainings and there's also pricing. We want to be super transparent with all of this. So... You can give us a call. We're happy to talk you through that. But the pricing is right there so you can start to plan your summer. There will also be a link in the show notes. Our topic today is delegation. We want to build a structure for delegation that frees you up. But before we go there, let's answer this principle need to know. Because Kelly asks, how do I get started with project-based learning? So I just gave you the idea that you could do training over the summer. But you might need something before you commit to a three-day training before you commit those bigger PD dollars. So I've got five steps where you can get started. Number one, this podcast. 
Right, so so well done. You're here. But what if you also introduce some of your key teachers to the podcast? Have them subscribe, listen to those episodes where we're doing a PBL Blitz and they can hear from a teacher just like them in the classroom, how they're implementing PBL in their classroom and start to build some momentum. Just see where your leaders are at. Number two, just like we start every episode, you can go to whatispbl.com and you'll get that free download. And it starts you on that PBL journey. I'm also going to put in the show notes a link to our What is PBL webpage. And what we find is that you've got to explain project-based learning to other stakeholders. Your parents want to know. Community partners want to know what project-based learning is. Your students want to know what project-based learning is. So what we have a lot of schools do that we partner with is they'll actually just link right to this page. What is project-based learning? And we have videos on there. We've got the written word. We've got pictures, PBL versus a project that explains what is PBL to all of your stakeholders. Everybody's got a place that they can grasp onto to start to understand project-based learning because you really need to get more people on board than just yourself. You want to start building that momentum. I'll put a link in the show notes to my book, Project-Based Learning Stories and Structures. You can get that in print, or you can get the audio version. It's also available to listen to. And I actually had an actor from Chicago do the reading. I know a lot of times I love it when the the author's reading it, but he does such a great job. I think you'll really love the audio too, if that's how you consume your content. The last two are going to require some work on your network, or actually I could help you out with this too. But the next one is a school visit. Go find a school that you know is doing project-based learning well, and we have demonstration sites we can send you to, but you might have a place locally that you know is doing project-based learning. You've heard some things. Go visit yourself. Take a couple of your key teachers with you. Take a parent with you or a community partner. If you're really starting to move towards project-based learning and you need to start building some momentum and you need to start building some folks that are going to be with you on this journey... A school visit with a mixed bag of visitors is a key step in gaining momentum. Take a school board member, take a parent, let them start to see the vision so that they can start to move your vision forward. The last step I have for you and how to get started with project-based learning is to pull your network. I can almost guarantee there's somebody in your network who is investigating project-based learning, who has dipped their toe in, and they probably know somebody who's all in. So just ask folks like, hey, who's doing project-based learning well out there? Ask your network and get some names, go visit, set up a half-hour call with them. Just say, hey, how'd you get started? Can I come talk to some of your teachers about this? And those are some great ways, Kelly, to get out there and start your PBL journey. So that's our need to know for today. We'll do a need to know on every episode. So if you want to get your need to know on the podcast, go to whatispbl.com and you can get the download there, but you can also submit a question. So if you've got a specific question you'd like me to address on the podcast, go ahead and submit that there and we'll address it. But our main topic today is going to be about delegation. These episodes, these leadership episodes, as you look through the podcast, you'll see in big letters, leadership, and you can go to any one of those episodes and get one of these topics. We want to build you up as a leader so that you can lead project-based learning well in your school. You can lead your teachers well. And we're going to talk about a lot of different topics. 
We're going to talk about delegation today. We're going to talk about your schedule. We're going to talk about good professional development versus bad professional development. We're going to talk about self-care and kind of how we define that and how you can take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. Uh, but today is delegation, which fits in this realm, right, of taking care of yourself. So there's three big pieces I want you to pull out of delegation, and then I'm going to give you a structure that I really appreciate. The first idea that you have to get in your mindset about delegation is you have to figure out what is the best use of your time. You have specific gifts and talents that you've used to get to this position, and there are things that only you can do. You have to define what are your big rocks. That's what Stephen Covey tells us. Where do you bring the most value? And then you need to do those things and you need to figure out how to delegate all the other things as much as possible. There's always going to be some noise in any position. Noise meaning things that just have to be done. But you need to be spending the bulk of your time on the things that only you can do and things that where you provide the most value. Let me give you an example. As, as a founder of an organization, I totally understand this, but there was a founder of a charter school that was doing amazing things. We love them. We support them. They're a great partner. But as a founder, you can get wrapped up in all those beginning details that you had to do at the beginning, but you need to let go of as you grow. So this principal is a high performer, but she was printing report cards once every nine weeks because when they started, she had to do everything. Well, now they're growing. She has more demands on her time, but she was still printing those report cards. So we had that question of like, who could, who else could do that reasonably well? So when we look at delegation, who can do this 75% as well as you can? They're not going to do it hundred percent to your level, at least not right away. But who can do it at 75% of the level that you can do it? They can do it well. And this one was an easy one because there were lots of people that could do this besides the principal, right? Like go take three hours and they can go print those report cards. They can report back to you when it's done. We freed up three hours of our time every nine weeks. Well, that's a big deal. Right, so we started that process and then started to look at everything that she does and say, how can we get make sure that you are doing the things that only you can do? The second mindset shift that needs to happen for delegation is that in delegation, you're not just offloading work, but you're equipping your team. So equipping your team is the second. Don't steal their learning. At some point, you had to learn how to do those things. And if you're still doing them, and that assistant principal or the aspiring principal who might be a teacher or a coach who's trying to get up to that spot, you're stealing their learning by not delegating. You might be saying, well, you know, I don't want to just push that work off onto somebody. You've got to change that mindset to this person needs to learn how to do those things. So that's one of the reasons I delegate is to equip my team. The third big point of why we delegate is really collaboration. Ultimately, delegation is a way to invite your team into the process of leading the school. You should not be the only one leading the school, right? We know that. Yes, you're a servant leader. Yes, you want to give to your team. But we've got to put you in a position where you're using your gifts and talents in the best place. And really, you want to do that with all of your team, right? You want everybody to be in the right spot. Well, that includes you. So we've got to put you in the best place. We need to equip your team by giving them responsibilities at different levels, which creates a collaborative environment where everyone's learning. So that's why, and that's the mindset of delegation. 
those three things. Get everybody using their, their time well, including you. Equip your team. Create a culture of collaboration. You can't do that if you're the person that does everything. So how do you do this and how do you communicate this well? I love the five levels of delegation from Michael Hyatt. And we'll put a link in the show notes to his blog on this. He has five levels. And let's walk through those. So the first level is do as I say. Do as I say. And this is one we probably think of. And sometimes we think there's a negative connotation to it. But as you change your mindset, there's definitely not. We're equipping our team. This is where something needs to be done. We already know the best way to do this task. It's in this person's area of influence. So they just need to go do it. But we need to communicate that clearly. Like you are doing this because it's in your area of influence. It's in an area that you're growing and that you have authority over. This is the best way to do it. Go do it. That's level one. Level two is research and report. And this is where we're equipping our team. You, you're going to go figure out what the best options are out there. We're going to discuss it, but I'm going to make the decision for you to go implement. As the leader, I see the big picture. I've got experience. You're going to go research what you, all the different options. We get this a lot with Magnify Learning where you're going to move towards project-based learning. So you send somebody out to go get all the options of people that do project-based learning, professional development across the country. And then that person will bring those back and they'll even say, hey, I need as much information as I can. I've got to go take this to uh, the principal above me. And then we're going to make a decision. It's usually a team effort. But on this one, and two, it's research and report. Me as the leader, I'm going to make the decision. Level three, you're going to research and recommend. So here you're going to research the options, but you're going to tell me what you think would be the best options. You're going to say, here's the pros and cons of each one of these options. And then if I agree, you're still running it through the leader. If I agree, I will give you permission to move forward. And you, you say, well, this still feels like there's not a ton of voice and choice in here. It feels like I, everything's going through me. And it is. But what you're doing here is you're building leadership capacity. So if I'm researching options and coming to you and saying, here's what I recommend, here are the pros and cons, you get to hear my thinking process of how I'm moving through options. And you can start to coach me through those, which can then lead me towards level four, where I'm equipped to decide and inform. So in here, you're going to give me the authority to make a decision and just tell you what I did. So you're going to trust that I did the research. You're going to trust that I used the processes that we've talked about in these other levels of delegation. But then you're going to say, hey, Ryan, after you do this, I want you to keep me in the loop. Tell me what happens when you implement this with the staff. I don't want somebody to come tell me that it went good or bad. I want you to come tell me. So in decide and inform, the person you're delegating to gets to decide, but they're still going to circle back and let you know how it went which leads us to level five, where we can act independently. So now this is a situation where it's whatever decision you think is best, I fully support you, no need to report back. Go figure out the best way to get supervision for the cafeteria. It's in your area of influence. I know how you make decisions at this point. You do a great job with it. I fully support you, go. So those are the five levels of delegation that Michael Hyatt recommends with some education background in there. But why are these levels so important? 
the why is always the key, right? Because we want you to be empowered to know why, so then you can adjust these. But the levels are important. It's important to have them be open to both parties, the, the leader and the person that's being delegated to, because it's a communication issue. Like, yes, you're training your team through the different levels, right? There's a gradual release of responsibility as you look at those levels. And you've got some really good coaching conversations that are happening throughout those. So you're training your team, you're equipping them. But the communication piece is really important because what if your direct report thinks that they have the freedom of a level four? Hey, I'm going to go make a decision and later I'll tell you about it. And really you were thinking it was a level two. You were really thinking, I want you to go research some things and come back to me and I'll decide. And little did you know, they've already made the decision and they've already implemented it. And maybe you're cleaning up a mess because they weren't quite ready for that. But if you've got levels and your direct reports can see how to work through those levels, because some things will be do as I say at all levels, right? It'll just be like, well, this is in there. We already know that this works. So go do that. It's in your area of expertise. But likely some of your direct reports, the people that you're mentoring need to work their way up through levels three, four, and five in a lot of different areas where they're not quite ready to just act independently. They need some room and some autonomy to go make decisions and to be coached through there. But if you have these levels, or when you have these levels, everybody knows where they're at and the communication is clear. They can say, all right, this is a great decision. Do you want me to level for this one? Do you want me to circle back to let you know what happens? Or do you just want me to run with it and act independently, a level five? So it's not an overbearing process. It's a communication process. That's where the structure becomes important because we have clear communication. Because it's really differing levels of authority that are being given. And it's important to note that this delegation is empowering, not just offloading. So you can kick your feet up and you know, be that leader that has the feet on top of the desk and people just come in and say, what do I do now, boss? And then you just, as soon as it hits your desk, you launch it out there. We're not trying to get things off of your plate so you can be lazy. And I know if you're leading, if you're listening to this, that's not what you're trying to do either, but you also don't want that perception. That might be why you're holding on to some of these things because you want to be that servant leader. Yes, be a servant leader, but don't steal the learning from your team. We've got to equip them. You have to be using your time wisely so that you're doing the best things that you can be doing and you want that open communication. So that's your levels of delegation and why you're going to want to implement those. So I hope that gives you a good place to start. Obviously, you'll want to customize those things for your work. But having those levels of delegation be clear and open and everybody knows what they are is a really important step to maximizing the work that you're going to do. And it's going to set us up for the next podcast sessions that are coming up for you leaders. In next month's leadership episodes, we're going to do some things around self-care or as some of you might like, or as I like, optimizing the awesome because the self-care is more than getting a hot chocolate after work. Like, okay, maybe, but we're talking about getting you in your sweet spot so that you're not overwhelmed You have processes in place so you know how to get the work done. You have a vision for moving forward. And yes, you are taking care of yourself. So we're going to be talking about a one-day sabbatical. How can you get out and truly rest? Time off is not always rest. How can you rest and reflect? 
And we're also going to talk about optimizing your schedule. So that's what's coming forward in these leadership episodes. Really excited to be equipping the leaders to this work so that you can take care of your teachers through the change process to bring them project-based learning and engage your learners. So I want to send you off so that you can go engage your teachers, lead inspired, and transform your school.